Welcome to the Foot and Ankle Project, where we stride into the world of foot and ankle pain, function, and performance. I'm your host, Tim Pargeter. In each episode, we dive into expert insights, athlete stories, and helpful solutions for those seeking improvement of their pain and performance. I hope you enjoy and share. Hello and welcome back to the seventh episode of the Foot and Ankle Project. Thank you for listening in from wherever you're listening from. Today, we are going to be talking about running technique. Now, this can be a hotly debated topic in the allied health world and in the running world. And what we're going to be covering today is tips that I use commonly to try and help people with their running technique. And I tend to find these tips help people of all levels. And they're really simple and effective cues that you can utilize within your running straight away to try and see if you can improve the feeling of how you feel when you're running. Now, the reason I say that is because the reality is with running technique is that there is no perfect running technique. Everyone runs with a slightly different style and you'll see this all the way from the beginner level to the elites where at the top level there is no consistent running style and the reason for this is is quite simply because we all have different bodies we all have different preferences and so what generally results in that is that there's different styles that generally presents within the running world and the research has somewhat told us that it's not necessarily vital to change someone's running technique if there's not a problem. So the first question of the day is when and why would you change someone's running technique? And the answer to that question is generally if there's a problem with pain, injury or symptoms. And that's what I generally think is that if someone's not in pain, I'm not going to play with their technique a whole lot simply because what it does is it changes and it moves both internal and external forces to different parts around the body. And what I mean by that is that when we run, we take two and a half times body weight through our foot and we take, you know, between six and eight times body weight in our calves. And any time we begin to change technique, so I might, you know, for example, people commonly move people who strike on the back part of their foot, their heel, they might move them forward onto their midfoot and toes. What that does is it changes the loading from the back of the foot into the midfoot and the forefoot, which subsequently might increase the load through the calf. If their calf doesn't have the capacity to handle that, it, it might put them at slightly higher risk of an injury occurring there. Now, I'm not saying it will occur, but generally what we know is that if someone isn't struggling with injuries or pain, then it's best to focus on not changing their overall technique, but but happily to give them some cues that might imp- improve some of the feeling when they're running. And that's what we're going to have a look at today. So tip number one to help with running technique is running posture. Now with running posture, what I tend to find is that there, look, there are some similarities that do occur with people who are running well. I know I said that there's no perfect technique, but I tend to find that there's some some really common themes that present. Running posture is one of those themes. And what I tend to find is that people who run well and look smooth when they're moving tend to have a really nice upright posture and they have their head on their shoulders. So the first cue that I tend to give people to try and help clean up their posture is 
head on shoulders, eyes forward. Now, this is a really simple and easy cue and you might find yourself when you're running is that a lot of people tend to look down and look to the ground towards their feet. Now, one of the reasons people do this is because there's a feeling of safety in that they want to make sure that they're not going to trip on anything, which I can appreciate. But what I tend to find can happen is if the eyes are down and the head is down, then we tend to get this forward leaning posture. And what can occur there is that we generally don't have as much of this nice upright posture, which allows for the ribs to expand. And what generally happens there is that it can impact on, you know, the ability to uptake oxygen because that's the role of the lung. So you might find that as people fatigue, they, they generally, the head creeps forward. There tends to be, might be a bit of flexion or, or movement in the hips where they're not as upright. And so a really easy cue that, you know, you, you don't really have to think about too much is just to keep the head upright on your shoulders, looking forward in the distances to where you want to go as opposed to looking forward onto the ground. And it is amazing how many people's posture and, and overall technique cleans up simply by keeping the head on the shoulders. And what I tend to find is when working with people over the years, the more complex the cue, the more unlikely it is that it's actually going to stick because there's just so many things that you have to think about. At the end of the day, running is a skill and, and it is a complex skill, even though, you know, a lot of people think that it is quite natural. If we, if we haven't run for a long time, it can actually feel quite unnatural to begin running. So to get people to think about, you know, striking at this part of your foot and thinking about activating your glute and focus on your breathing and focus on everything else. One of the, the most simple and easy things that I tend to find for people is if they can just focus on keeping their head on their shoulders and their eyes forward, it goes a long way into proving how, how good they feel when they run. So that is tip number one. Tip number two is that I really generally, some feedback I get from, from people when they run is that they get quite tight and sore shoulders. And one of the reasons for this is because they're actually carrying a lot of tension in through their shoulders and, and, and their traps, their muscles around their shoulders to try and maintain a good posture. And so although we know running posture is important, if it comes with you having really tight traps in your shoulders up around your ears, then it's going to be really hard for you to free your arms but it's also going to be really hard again to breathe because you are carrying a lot of tension through your, your upper chest and it doesn't have the ability to expand and again in and uptake oxygen as we go. So one of the things I get people to focus on is to relax your shoulders and let your arms swing. Now, one of the really easy things and again, something that you can add in to think about when you're running is, is just think about what your hands are doing. Because if you're carrying tension through your hands, it can actually come up through the elbows and the shoulders and into the traps. And so a few of the cues that people use is they say, pretend that you're holding a, a piece of paper in between your fingers and, and you want a really light touch there. And what it means is that you're not really being tight fisted when you're running and you, you're reducing the tension ability through, through the hands, which can have an uptake ability into the shoulders. So I want you to think, be light through the shoulders, let them relax, let your arms swing as they will oppose the legs. And again, it's a really nice way to try and free up some tension that can, that can come with, with running. Another tip that I tend to focus on for people is, although we said that changing running technique can place forces in the other other areas of the body. 
One of the big things that I that I am really passionate about with running technique is that overstriding, and and by overstriding I mean landing with a foot very far in front of you and taking really long steps, potentially can place a really high amount of force through the foot and into the ankle, calf and, and knee. And what we have found within the research is that the smaller your stride and the higher amount of steps that you take per minute, which is what we call your cadence, the reduced loading that occurs through particular joints within the body. And of course, this occurs on a spectrum. Again, if you take load away from somewhere, you do, you do have to load up something else. But the general rule is that the more steps that you take per minute up to a point, of course, the reduced amount of load that's actually going to occur through the feet and the ankles and the knees and, and, and up through the chain, which the least load that we can take, the better generally with running simply because of the repetitive nature. But it, it also could mean that if we're able to disperse load by taking shorter steps, then it might actually impact on your ability to run efficiently because your body isn't having to work so hard to try and absorb load based on that. So I, I commonly work cadence with people. And again, cadence is steps per minute. And there's a number of apps that you can actually get for free on your phone People do talk about a number or a range that they like people to work towards. And generally what we say is that although the magic number in the research might be 180, I say to people that I'd rather that you just increase from where you're at by between 5 and 10%. So a lot of people when they're coming in, if they do have a low cadence, they, they generally sit around that 150, 155 to 160 mark. And so let's say they are sitting at 150, I'd say, right, let's just for now try and increase your cadence by 5% and that takes them closer to 160 and see how the body responds to that change in load. Now, if it feels good and they're happy there and they've spent a number of weeks at that slightly higher cadence with with no injury or, or fatigue element, then I'd be happy to then increase them up again only by 5%. So there is a bit of literature out there to suggest that if you push people too far and if you increase them from where they're up, up to sort of 10 to 15% plus, then you begin to change loading forces that will occur through different joints within the body, which again might put them at slightly higher risk of injury. Um, so I, I generally find that if we start at 5%, and they hold on well there, then you can either keep them there if their symptoms improve or you can push that up another 5% based on what their personal preference is. And that's another thing is, is that it, it is down to personal preference and that personal preference could be due to the fact that, hey, you know, I really want to run in more of a minimalist style shoe and so that might be right. Well, if that's the case, then we potentially need to change your running style to accommodate for that because the shoe isn't going to absorb much load for you. So we need to have a running style that's going to allow for the use of a minimalist style shoe, but not put them at too high of a risk of injury as they're going forward. So that might mean, hey, we really need to focus on a midfoot strike, quite a high cadence managing you know the types and distances of running that you're doing for the short term to ensure that the body builds a certain capacity if someone's wanting to you know if they're happier using more of a cushion shoe then might that might give us more of an ability to say right 
lets you know focus on improving your cadence and, and, and see where your strike changes simply because the foot has a little bit more of an ability to absorb that force compared to a minimalist style shoe. So that's another really great thing to focus on with your with your running technique is to consider your cadence. And look, a lot of people, you, you can actually track that on a lot of your phones and watches these days, they'll actually bring you a cadence. So it's worth going and checking that out and seeing where that's it. Like I said, there's no perfect, but the literature is okay to say that if you increase where you're at from 5%, if you're having any issues or you want to test that out, then you are quite safe to do so. Finally, Another tip that I tend to find that helps with running technique is to actually slow down and I generally tell runners this a lot and the reason for that is simply because we don't need to run as fast as we can all the time. Now, if we were to look at professional runners and and the elites and the sub-elites, if you were to look at their programming, they spend a lot of kilometers per week running at a pace where they can actually hold a conversation now that might be a surprise to you and it's not because they it's not necessarily because they've got a great level of fitness they definitely do but it's simply because they're running at a pace where they can hold a conversation so it will be faster than you know a beginner or or a novice runner but that pace just needs to vary based on the person now the reason i tell people this is important is because it helps to build what we call the aerobic base. Now, the word aerobic means to utilize oxygen, and we obviously need oxygen when we're running. The the word that opposes aerobic is anaerobic, and particular styles of training will utilize that more, such as you know weightlifting, explosive movements, and etc. Now, if people are able to build that aerobic base, which is generally done with long and slow work, then their ability it should offset the ability the sorry, it should offset fatigue to the point where they're able to maintain their running technique better. So quite commonly, I have people who come in and they say, right, I'm starting to increase my cadence. I'm feeling really good for the first half of the run, but the second half hits and I'm really struggling to maintain the skill element of it because I'm becoming fatigued. And so there certainly is an element to that is that if we're making changes, fatigue will come in and we will resort back to our original style. And that's where the ability to come in of, of, of the fitness of running comes in because what I believe is that if you can carry that fitness in through the run, your technique will actually hold up better. And interestingly, and this is commonly why I don't change people's technique around too much or, or use the words fixing and, fixing and correcting technique is simply because what we found in the research is that the short-term changes very commonly builds back into what they're more comfortable with in the long term. And so instead of me focusing on saying, right, let's move everyone to forefoot striking or move everyone to midfoot striking or whatever, it's likely just going to go back to where they're comfortable. So if we can focus on really common, simple cues and tips that's going to focus on posture and being able to breathe better and being more relaxed during running with the things that we've gone through then i believe it has a better outcome than actually physically changing the the technical aspect of running and so they're what we'll we'll call the four tips that i tend to focus on with running and again it is head on shoulders eyes forward relax your shoulders let your arms swing Reduce overstriding and consider increasing your cadence 5% if you'd like to explore that if you're, or if you're having any issues with your running. And finally, slow down. Go, go on some long, slow runs or just some slow runs. 
allow yourself to try and see if you can ingrain some of those cue changes and then you can begin to develop some fitness on top of that. That is today's episode. Thank you for listening in. I hope you had a lovely week. And as usual, if you think that this could help out with anyone that you know, please send it over to them and we will see you next week. 